awesome. All right, bless you guys. Great to uh, great to be back here again. A few Sundays in a row. It's amazing. Last Sunday of 2015. A lot of us yesterday that with uh, great great enjoyment. <laughs> Thank you, God. I made it through another year. <laughs> Some of us is like. Come on, 2016 is going to be better. I believe it's all part of, uh, you know, um, as Brad asked us to share about, you know, the coming year and stuff like that. I remember even at the beginning of last year or this year where the Lord's, uh, you know, I really couldn't separate 2015 from 2016. And I believe that they are joined somehow that they are linked together. And, uh, and so what I'm believing of 2016, it's going to be more of what we had in 2015, but even better. Okay, so yeah, everyone's, a lot of us had a really bad 2015. We, we want to forget about 2015. I go, oh, more of the same? No. False prophet. Only better. And I believe that as we went through 2015, that that will slingshot us into a higher level, into more for what God has for us in 2016. So this is what I got. I got um, 2016 is going to be astounding and outstanding. Astounding and outstanding. Now, that word uh, astounding means to be overwhelmed and to be amazed and to be in wonder of. It also means to be greatly astonished, stunning, uh, uh, stunningly surprised. And I believe this is what our God has in store for 2016 for His people. And even as we were here this morning, the Lord's even been downloading more and more of this upon me. And, and uh, uh, Pastor Dallas was talking about uh, um, a foundation and about the, the corners. No, it was, it was a, Jason was talking about foundations. I got something what you were talking about as well, Dallas. But, but about the foundation. And I felt like the Lord saying that in this coming year that your foundation is going to be shaken. And, and see, that's a good thing because we need to have the right foundation. And I believe it's the same thing that when Jesus asked Peter, he said, who do men say that I am? And he went on and said all these sorts of things and great this and the prophet and all these sorts of things. But then he said, well, but who am I to you? And that's what I believe. It comes down to the personal thing. Who is he to you? Now, he might have been a whole lot of things, but I tell you what, your very, the very core is going to be shaken because only the things of him are going to remain. And we only want the things of him. And so, so the foundations are going to be shaken, but it's going to be a good sh- a shaking because it's going to get us back to really who do we think He is. If we think He's, well, He's, he's my great provider, He's this and He's that. Uh, yes, He's all those things, but if He's not the Lord of your life, if He is not everything that you have in your being, then I tell you what, your foundation is going to be shaken a little bit more until it comes to the right place. So there's going to be some shaking in that foundation. But if your foundation is sure, then, it's, then you've got nothing to worry about. Amen? And I was just thinking about, about this church, this house, forever house. And 
you know, I love, I love it that, you know, there was, you know, and I know that Pastor Brad has preached upon this about the seven anointings that, that's on this house, seven anointings. And, and uh, I was thinking of a few of these ones, and it's like the family anointing. It's like, oh, we, all, we love family. We want to be family. But you know what? That family anointing comes to the point where it starts to cause us to look at our family. It starts to cause us to deal with family situations. It comes to deal with the way we are doing family is it the right way is it God's way and so sometimes you know we think of like all these lovely wonderful anointings but I tell you what when you start to allow the anointing to deal with things in your life all of a sudden it's it's not as lovely as you thought because now it's making you deal with some with some things deal with some issues in your life why is there a family anointing because God wants to have family and it's not just the way we think family is going to be or the way well that's just the way it is you know that's the way my 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 mom and dad were that's the way my grandparents were see that doesn't have to be the case God wants to have his way in your family he wants it done the right way the, there's a, a a warrior anointing there's a warfare anointing on this church it's like yes we need some warriors Come on, yeah. And it's like, well, listen, what is that going to mean? It means that you are going to be made into a warrior. It means that you are going to have to fight for some things. It means that you are going to be in a battle. And it's like, oh, I, I didn't think of the anointing like that. But you're going to be, when you're in the battle, you're going to be praising God for the anointing. Because that's what's going to help you in those times. And so there is a real, I, I believe, a shift in our mind. You know, the Lord spoke to me, and, and this is one of the points this morning. Um, he, he said, this is a year that you're going to use your head. And it's like, well, why haven't we been using it before? Some of us are going, no. I should have been using my head. And, and so what does the head represent? I mean, I, and I looked at that and I thought, well, we've got eyes. So God is going to say, listen, start using your eyes. Start being focused. Start having, getting a vision. Start using your ears. Start listening as we are a prophetic church. See, God is always speaking to us. And it's always to the point where it's like we've got to be tuned in to hear. And if you're not tuned in to hear Him, you're not going to hear anything. And so we are a, 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 a church that's going to use our mouths. Come on, using our head, all parts of this. We're going to decree, we're going to declare, we're going to praise. We're going to share our faith with people. We're going to get over all this fear and, and anxiety and all that sort of stuff. That's not what God wants for us. So we're going to start using our head more than we have in the past. And so I looked at that number 16. And I looked at that and I thought, well, it's two times eight. Eight is... You know, God represents the number eight. So there's a double portion of God. There's a double portion of what God wants us to come into. 16 also represents love. He is, see, God is love. You want love? God is love. You want to share love? You've got to allow Him to come into your life. Perfect love, it says, casts out all fear. If we're fearful of some things, it's like we've got to have that perfect love in our life. Another thing that I believe that God is causing us to come into. And this is what something I, I um, this is what Pastor Dallas said, um, about, about giving and receiving. See, even when, when Pastor Bray was talking about, you know, there's going to be some messages on, on, on giving. It's like, yay. <laughs> you, know, you know what it was? It's, it's like the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. So, so that was the spirit. Yay! And the flesh is going, no! No way! 
See, that's why in, in church here, it's like the Spirit is willing. Yay, come on. And then when we get out of here, it's like, what did you just say? What did I hear? What did I agree to? But it's, it's in everything. There can be no... See, if we... If, if Pastor Brad says, hey, we're going to have a whole series on receiving. It's like, come on! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> well, without giving, there is no receiving. Come on. Without planting, there is no harvest. So there has to be something. As we give, we can then also receive. And, uh, yeah, we've, we've seen amazing work in this place and, uh, and we thank, again, all the volunteers and, and uh, the, the other person who is in the general who I, I did mention before. <laughs> but this 2016 is going to be a year where you need to be connected. You have to be connected. And as a body of, of Christ, the body is connected. If your body is not connected, you aren't going to work properly. You aren't going to function properly. We've got to be functioned. We got to, as a body, we need to be connected first to the head. See, God is the head. He is the head. He is the, 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 the body is part of Him. And so without the head, you know, we're, we're running around with a, like a chook with its head cut off. <laughs> it's not a good analogy, is it? But anyway, you know what I mean. Without the head. See, we are part of the body. And also, we are, we are particularly members of that body. So even though that we are a body, but we're also members, we also have different callings, different anointings, where we've got different personalities, which is amazing because we're all part of the one body. But we need to be connected to the vision of the church. We need to be connected with the head of the church the, 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 where, where God has given the vision and, the, and the, the plans and the strategies to. We need to be connected to that so, so that we can all be moving together. Because if we think, ah, oh, they should be doing this and we should be doing that, I mean, you know, the body is going to be going in all sorts of different directions. And what are you going to do? You're not going to get anywhere. And you're going to wear yourself out. So, we said, so this is a year we've got to be connected. And I believe that's a connecting with the body as well. Connecting with people that maybe you don't want to connect with. Maybe you feel a bit uncomfortable. That's okay. They're still part of the body. We still need to connect with those ones. Uh, the reason why I believe that God wants us connected is because I heard the Lord say that there's going to be a spirit of fragmentation. And this demonic thing is trying to fragment. It, what a, what a, it, it, let me just say, share with this with you. Because it says the act, this, this is what fragmentation means. It means the act or the process of fragmenting, the state of being fragmented. It means to disintegrate, collapse, or break down the norms of thought or behavior, or social relationships. So the enemy wants to get you out on your own, wants to get you thinking out on your own, wants to get you to a place where you are fragmented from everybody else. Why? So that he can just get you a little bit further, and then that's it. You're out of, almost like you're out of church, you're out of the body, you're out, and, and you lose your salvation. So God is saying, when you are connected 
People love you. People are there. People are around about you. People care for you. People are loving you. People are mentoring you. People are fathering you. These are the things when you're in that connection place. So don't allow the enemy to fragment you to get you out of the place where you should be. And this is where there's the spirit of unity and the spirit of harmony will come in because God has always got an answer. God has always got a purpose. God is always uncovering. I believe that's all part of the, as a prophetic apostolic church, is that God allows us to see things before they're even into place. And that's not just about Him, but that's also about the enemy as well. So that we can put things into place so that we make sure those things don't even come near this place. Don't even come near you, your family, your business, whatever it might be. So that we can already put things into place. It's like we might have been feeling a little bit something like that. That's good. Because that's just confirming to you what God has been speaking to you about. You may not have put it into words. You may not even understood it. But now it's like, yeah, that's it. Trying to get me fragmented. Trying to get me upset. Trying to get me to to, to move out when, when it starts to get a little bit uncomfortable. Because I tell you what, the anointings upon this church will make you uncomfortable. To the point where you'll deal with those things so that you become that mighty warrior. So that you become the man and woman of God. So that you become those leaders. We're out walking this morning and the Lord just shared to me. It's like, you know, there's this a pioneering anointing upon this church. We are pioneering. What does that mean? It means that we are going further than we've ever gone before. I mean, I'm talking about Spiritually. We are doing things we've never done. I mean, even in the natural, we're probably doing some things we've never done. We're, we're in jobs that we never thought we'd have. We're in careers we never thought we'd have. We're doing things we never thought we could even dream of. So we are doing that naturally, but also spiritually. So when I heard that, I also heard that, that the pioneers also encounter some problems. They also encounter some situations. They also encounter some, some things that, that, that would try and stop you from coming into that place. As a normal pioneer, a natural, the old pioneers of, of, uh, of Australia here had to go through, you know, the Burke and Wills and those ones had to go through territory. No one had been through them before, so they had to push through. And, and as they were able to go through these things, you know, there were going to be some things that, they, that weren't going to be conducive to what they thought it was going to be like. But they kept on pushing through. And you know what? Pioneers also break it through for others. They help others. They make a way where there was no way. That's the anointing upon us. That's the anointing upon you guys as well. So we're seeing these things even more and more coming to pass. And I believe that we're going to see, even as this year, 2015 and 16, are joined, even as... Uh, in in the, the Jewish calendar there talks about the year of Jubilee, that we are actually in the year of Jubilee. Amen? We need to get more excited about the year of Jubilee because when you study the year of Jubilee, it was an amazing year. It was an incredible time, a time where everything came back to God's people. Everything came back. They were all then back as owners. They were all then back. Everything got canceled. Debts got canceled. Amen? Who could deal with that? Yeah. Oh, I, well, God, I like that one. <laughs> we woke up on, on uh, Christmas morning. We got a phone call from this, this friends of ours that uh, had lent us some money years back, uh, and we'd been paying off some, the, the, just the, 
some uh, interest on that, all that sort of stuff. And we're probably down to about $13,000. They rang us on Christmas Day and they said, they said, Greg and Julie, we want to tell you that your debt has been cancelled. We are cancelling your debt. We're not just cancelling debt, They're, we're ripping up the papers. There is nothing, there is no record that, you, or that we gave you any money. There is no record of it whatsoever. I believe that, I mean, that's just an incredible testimony. But also, I don't believe that's just for us. I believe that that's what God is saying, that I can do this. See, it's, He is the impossible. He is the God of the incredible. He is the God of miracles. And listen, we need miracles today. Come on. We need miracles in our life. We need them. And so I'm believing that even in this year of Jubilee, that God says when He says, I'm going to wipe your debt, don't try and work out how He's going to do it. Come on. I mean, we need to be obedient. We need to continue to do what we need to do so He can be God and do what He needs to do. But listen, God can just wipe things. As we got that phone call on Christmas Day saying, we've wiped the debt. You no longer owe any money. Come on. That's amazing. And I believe that is, that is resonating in the body today. That God is saying, I want to wipe your debt. I want to wipe it clean. I want to make sure. And, and I think it was Pastor Dallas talking about your debts being canceled and being, being uh, nailed to the cross. Come on. Everything. Everything, sin, every, every debt has been nailed to the cross. God has taken them all. See, this is a year of Jubilee. I don't believe it's just for the Jewish people, but we are the people of God. Amen? Which leads me to that place of Goshen. You've heard me speak about this place of Goshen, where, where Goshen really means to draw near to. And when God says, when you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And I believe when we live in this place of Goshen, that there's no plagues can come near us, that nothing can touch us. If we are living in the presence of God, then all hell can be breaking loose around the world. There can be things going on, uh, that, that turmoil going on. But when we're in that place where we are goshening God, where we're drawing near to Him, that's when you start to see everything else is going on, but there's nothing touching you. Come on, your business is succeeding. Everyone else is failing. I'm not, I'm not prophesying that out that they're all going to fail. But what I am saying is that we, when, we, when we draw near to God, and let this be a year that we'll continue to draw near to Him. Because it says, when you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Some people say, well, I, you know, I feel God is so far away. Well, guess what? That's because you haven't goshened Him. But because it says, when you draw near to Him, He draws near to you. So if you feel Him a long way away, then you're the one who's moved. Amen? So God is causing us to come to that place of drawing near. And listen, when we're in that place, this is another thing. I believe that we can have times of refreshing. Who needs, who needs times of refreshing? Yeah. A few of us are so tired we can't even put up our hands. We can't even move our voice. Spirit is leaping inside. times of refreshing see sometimes where we think where we just get in the presence of God uh, so that we can get things for other people sometimes when we come into the presence of God we need it ourselves just receive it just take the times of refreshing times of refreshing so many times we're in our busy lifetime lifestyle we've missed the times 
So we've had to go without those things. And listen, if we are going to do anything for God, we must finish the race. We must be a people who will, who will set the course and, and finish the race. We've got to make sure that we are ones. Like Paul was saying, hey, I've, I've done it. I've been poured out. I've done everything I possibly can, but I've finished the race. I've finished what you've asked me to do. And I believe that's all part of, of this year. Let's be good finishers. You know, as, as Pastor Brad said, you know, this is, we're going to start something with uh, the gym and exercise and get, get healthy. What I found is a lot of people are very willing to start. They're into it. It's like, but come to the end, <laughs> not many finishes. What happened along the way? Let's be good finishers as we are as good starters. Finish that race. Persevere. The promises. I think Pastor Dallas is talking about, well, somebody, I can't remember. It's like it's all, it's all, the anointing was just all upon everybody this morning. <laughs> but what was I talking about? <laughs> the finish. Finish. The promises. The promises. See, the promises are still there. See what, and that's why I believe even for this, these next two, the next two years, the 2015 and 16, the promises, if you didn't receive the promises in 2015, God is saying, I haven't finished yet. Come on, I haven't finished yet. I've still got that. Don't give up. Don't finish here. I've continued it on. I've got more for you. If you would keep going, I've got these things up ahead. God is always a man. He would never lie to you. Not one word has, has gone back to him void. It's always hit the mark. So if we keep on persevering and pushing through, we will receive the promises that God has been speaking to us about. And also believe that this year is going to be a year of blessing. A year of blessing. And when you have a look at that word, and when you have a look at, at you know, going back in the Bible about, about the blessings, about how God blessed the people. But you know what? We are also, I mean, they, God used, used the priests to bless the people. He said, bless them going in and bless them going out. The, the priests were the ones who, who re released the blessings. And so we today, because of what Jesus has done, we are now kings and priests. So we have got a kingly anointing and we've got a priestly anointing. The kingly anointing makes the laws, the decrees and, and, and the finances you know, come in. But also that priestly anointing where we can release blessing, when we can, we can ask for a blessing, that we can be that, that, that person's priest in the marketplace, out, outside the one who doesn't know God, that we can bring a word in season to those ones, that we can pray for them, we can, we can do all sorts of things. And so the Lord said that even though as the priests of old were the ones to release the blessings, we too have that same anointing today that we are the ones to release the blessing. Release the blessing. Come on. Don't just, don't just hog the blessing. Release the blessing. Be givers as you have received. Be good stewards of what you've, you've received. And you'll start to see the blessings start to take place upon people when we understand, and, I, and I'm going to go into a lot more detail, um, uh, the first Wednesday of February. Um, when, when I get a lot more of the understanding of this. But when you start to see a blessing, a blessing just, just isn't, well, <laughs> bless you. If you knew what that word means, come on, if you knew what that word means, we'd be saying a lot, a lot more. 
The Lord bless you. Come on. So, so there's going to be more of a... See, see, when you understand it more, there is more authority. And that's another thing the Lord's saying this year. He's taking you to a new level of authority. A new level of authority. They're no longer just, just going with the tide, with the, you know, the whims and, well, this is just the way it always is. No, no, no. God says, I've given you authority. Jesus gave you authority. You are sitting, seated with him in the heavenlies, ruling and reigning. You have authority upon your lives. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to pass over to Julie now. And uh, she's just going to share what she's got. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. That was great. Well, that's just, well, I can't see. That's just a snapshot, really. But, you know, one of the things um, I really felt the Lord speaking about this year is that, you know, who's had some setbacks this year? You know, who's really had, you know, felt you've had some setbacks? Well, I felt the Lord say that our setback was God's setup. You know, when you're walking with the Lord and you're following the Lord, He says He turns everything for good. Come on, all things work for good. And often when we're in something, we can't see how that's going to work for good. We can't see how this thing, but when you're in hindsight, once you get through, you realize, and the Lord even reminded me of Lazarus in John eleven three. This is what, therefore the sister sent to him saying, Lord, behold, whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard this, he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. So the son of God may be glorified through it. And I believe, that 2015 I know for a lot of people have fought the biggest giants they've ever fought come on I know a lot of people who have been Christians for a lot of years and have fought huge giants this year. And it kind of doesn't make sense. It's like, why? But the Lord began to show me, it's like your setback is his setup. Come on. With Lazarus, that was a huge giant. He's dead. <laughs> I don't think you can get any bigger giant than that. Come on, he's dead. But Jesus knew from the beginning, he decreed and he said to him, he said that the son may be glorified. And then later he said, he's not dead, he's just sleeping. And I feel like that even for some of us, it's like your dreams, your purpose, your destiny. It's not dead, it's just sleeping. Come on, God is getting ready to set you up. And we feel like that in 2015 was a year. You see, we have to defeat our giants. You have to overcome things. Come on. You have to be growing because for God to have a, a, a victory in your life, there has to be something where he gets the glory. And even here with Lazarus, you see, he could have gone there earlier. He could have just gone and healed him. He, you know, the sisters come. They said he's sick. But Jesus seemed to take his time. Yeah, he's kind of like just, oh, well, we'll just go over here and we'll just do that. And you could see that they were getting frustrated and would have got annoyed. And one of the first things is that she said to Jesus, if you'd just been here. Come on, sometimes we think, God, if you just showed up now, if you just come through today, if you, but why didn't he? Because there's a timing in God because you're, you're set back. Come on, is he set up? Lazarus seemingly set back was a setup for God's glory. You know, God, Jesus knew there was a timing in God. Come on, he knew there was a timing and he was waiting for his, his timing. The disciples wanted him to, to fix it. Come on. 
They wanted him to go and fix it. They wanted him to pray for him and for him to be healed. Martha said to him, if you'd been here, God, why didn't you just come? Why, God, why didn't you just fix it? And I know sometimes throughout 2015 and the circumstances some of us have been in, we're like, God, why don't you just fix it? Why don't you just heal it? Why don't you just make it better? Because see, God's got a bigger plan. And, and what happened was... The bigger plan for Lazarus, God knew that it would affect so many others. Come on. He, believed, he knew there would be an incredible testimony that people would believe. Come on. If he'd gone and just healed him, people would have just put it down in circumstances. Oh, well, he got better or he got some medicine or, you know, the, this healed, the, this happened or that happened. But he made sure that Lazarus was dead. Come on. God made sure he was stinking. He made sure. So there's no way known that anybody could get the victory. Because see, God had a bigger plan for Martha, for Mary, for the people of the time. He had a bigger plan. And sometimes we just want God to fix it. We just want him to come right now and do. It's like Joseph, as I've shared many times in the prison. He just wanted to get out of that prison. He'd had enough. He says to the two guys when he interprets the dreams, he says, listen, just remember me. I've had enough of this place. I don't deserve to be in this prison. You know, and at times things you're going through, you think, I haven't deserved this. Come on, I've prayed more in 2015. I've cried out to God more than I've ever cried out. But it's got worse. Well, that's what happened with Joseph. Come on, he did everything right. He'd done nothing to deserve. But see, he said back was God's setup. If Joseph had just got out of prison just then, all he would have been was an ex-prisoner. Come on, with no influence, with nothing. And see, sometimes we're wanting God to fix our situation. We're wanting to, but he's saying, come on, I want you to take down this Goliath. I want this thing to be dead. Come on, I want it to be stinking dead. Come on, God wants those things in your life, not just here. He wants them to be dead, the things that he wants us to deal with so that then he can set up for a generation. Come on, so if people can see, we, we know your marriage or we know how your hell or we know how your situation was. That could only be God. Come on, that's what the Lord's about. And you have to defeat those giants. And I felt like that 2015 has been a lot of that. For a lot of people, a lot of people have gone through very difficult things. And when you start to see something happening, you're like, hang on a minute. These are good people that they're, they're leaders. They're people who have in their life, they honor God. They, fight, they do everything right according to God's purposes and plans. But bad things are happening. <laughs> Come on, there's lots of people. Joseph did everything right. Come on, Job, it says he was the most righteous man on the earth. He was the most righteous man, Job. Come on, the most righteous. But the worst happened to him. Everyone would be thinking, man, the most righteous man. <laughs> Where's your God? Come on, you're, you say you believe in God. You're the most righteous man. But look what happened to him. But the interesting thing is when you read about Job at the very beginning, Job says, the very thing I feared has come upon me. See, God knows what you fear. God knows what you've hung on to. God knows what's not right in your life and he gets to do it. So come on, don't ever think, I, I never think, oh, the very, I, I don't want to fear anything. 
Because it's this, the very thing he feared has come upon me. I'm like, no, I don't fear that. I'm not going to fear this. I'm not going to, come on. Because <laughs> when I read that about Job, that was a bit of an eye. Oh, my gosh, the very thing he feared. Oh, I fear being rich. No. <laughs> hey, that's a good analogy. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. Our youngest little um, other grandson, our grandson is three. He's like that. He, at the moment, he's three and he's strong and he's a handful at the moment. But everything you say to him, you've got to use reverse psychology. Like Christmas Day, Sarah and I saying, bye, Jamie, come and give us a kiss and cuddle. No. I'm like, give Nan a kiss and cuddle. No. So Sarah says to him, I don't want a kiss and cuddle. I don't want you to kiss and cuddle me. And so then he runs and chases her down for a kiss and cuddle. And then I said, Nana doesn't want a kiss and cuddle. So he chases me. And then he come back and gave us two. Come on, reverse No, but anyway. <laughs> I somehow don't think God works like that. But Job, come on, the very... And see, it's not till you squeeze. See, God knows what you fear. Come on, God knows what you're still hanging on to. He knows what the things that you've got as idols in your life. Come on, he knows the things that are hindering you from walking in his promises. He knows the Goliaths that you need to face. And you know what? It's no use running from them because you'll never get anywhere. You just got to keep going round and round. You know, a lot of people, and one of the things I feel like is a lot of people, when you're going through a hard time, when you're going through stuff that's difficult, people want the good old days. They always want to revert back to a time where they felt they were happy. Well, I was happy in that church. Well, I was happy with that person. Or I was happy with this. Or I was happy here. They want those days. But you know what? They're never what you think they are. I know so many people because they go back. Come on. They think it's always that stupid thing of first love. People think if you haven't married your first love. But a lot of people, it's like they think their first love was this incredible thing. And they go, they never hardly work out. Come on. They leave what they've got and go chasing this fantasy. You know, there is nothing better. People move back to a place. They move, God moves them, they sell them, and then they want to go back to where they've come from. God never causes us to go back. That's one thing I know. Come on. He always wants you to advance. He wants you to go further. So when you take ground, every victory you get, and if you've been through stuff in 2015, come on, every bit you've gone through, you, when you get that, that is now your ground. And that's what the Lord's about. He said, turn the kingdoms of this world. He's about land. Come on, spiritually. He wants you to take over kingdom, kingdoms of darkness that have been in your own life, poverty, wrong marriages, ill health, all sorts of things. God wants to turn those around. And who's going to do it? You. Come on, you. You've got to take the ground. You've got to fight. You've got to do. But this is a promise of the Lord. And this is one of the things I felt that he was talking about as we've come out of 2015. It says this, Exodus 6 verse 5. And I've heard the groaning of the children of forever house. (laughs) Come on. He says, I've heard the groaning whom the Egyptians keep in bondage and I've remembered my covenant. See, God hears our cries. 
He hears your cries. He knows what you've been through. He knows the stuff. But he says, I've heard your cry. And then he says this, therefore say to the children of forever house, I am the Lord. So you've got to remember that he is God. I am the Lord, it says. And he says this, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptian. In other words, God's bring you out from your burdens. Come on, you might have been in a lot of burdens in 2015, but I believe 2016, God is saying, I'm bringing you out from under your burden. That lines up with what Greg was talking about. That's going to be an outstanding year. If you've endured 2015, come on, if you've gone through, if you've fought those things, well, get ready. The bigger the battle, come on, the greater the victory. Get ready for an outstanding 2016. He says, I will rescue you from from your bondage. He doesn't just rescue because then he goes on and says, I'll not only rescue, I'll redeem you. Come on, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people. I will be your God. Then you shall know. See, that's in there again. God's interested in, uh, in being our God. Come on, being our God, that personal relationship, goshening him. And he says, and then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Come on, that's what it's all about. When you go through a battle, what he wants you to know is that you know that he is the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens, who brings you out from your bondages. See, that's what all trials and things are about so that we we go through. It's difficult. It's hard. But then if something just fixes us for us, then we don't have a faith that God did it for me. Come on. We don't have that. And then there's no testimony for others that God came through. See, when you're in a great battle, people see. Yes, you've been through this. I've seen what your marriage is like. I've known what you find out. I've known what your health is like. But I can see that that had to be a miracle. Come on, that your God has come through for you. He always comes through. There's a timing. But if you keep going, he comes through. He turns that death into life. It might be stinking. It might seem like it's really dead. But come on, God's resurrection power brings it back to life. Come on, I believe that one of the things that God is bringing us out of lack, lack of opportunities, lack of vision, lack of good health, lack of hope, lack of friends, lack of finances. You might have had a time where it feels like you haven't had peace in your marriage. God's bringing you to that time of peace. Come on, 2016, we're entering the promises. In other words, we're entering the promised land. Come on, you're entering the promised land. You haven't been through all that you've been through for nothing. So don't give up. The enemy comes to try and discourage you right at the end. Come on, he comes to try because you fight and you fight and you fight. But he knows when you're close to a breakthrough. Come on, and he will even say to you, well, it's dead. But see, there's nothing dead that God cannot resurrect. Come on, there's nothing that God cannot resurrect. You just got to keep going. You still keep showing, but 2016 is going to be outstanding. Come on. Are you ready for an outstanding year? Come on. Are you ready for God's breakthrough? Let's stand this morning. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we need to just begin in this season to always thank the Lord that, you know what, we're not, but Lord, we're alive. (laughs) And thank him that he knows best. 
He knows best. If you're doing everything right, come on, if you're honoring him, if you're loving him, Sometimes you just got to keep going. You know what I found? A lot of the times through trials, we're crying out even more. But you know what? I found that's often when God is the most silent in my life. It seems unbelievable that the times that I cry out, I feel, you know, when you're first a baby Christian and, you know, when you're that baby Christian or just a new Christian, you can ask anything and God seems to do it. It's just a bit of a courting period. Come on. <laughs> he, he courts us and he gives us. But then he says, hang on, you're not a baby anymore. Come on. There's real stuff we've got to deal with. There's real things we, we've got to do. And you know what? I've often found out that the more I cry out sometimes, the less I hear God. He seems pretty silent. But you know what? I learned something that at at school, when you sit for a test or an exam, when you're in an exam or a test, the teacher is silent. Come on, you can cry out to the teacher, you can put up your hand, but the teacher cannot answer you during an exam or during a test. The teacher's present, but they can't. You know why? Because you should have learned everything prior. When the test is set... You've learned everything. Come on. When you're going through a test, and you know, that sometimes is confusing for people because they're going through a huge test, but you feel like you can't feel God. You, can't, you can feel Him corporately. You can feel Him for other people. You can minister. You know, for me personally, it's like I, I can minister stronger than I've ever ministered. I can still prophesy, but I get to that place. And it's like, I can't hear Him. He's not saying anything. And I find that's when I'm in a test. Come on, when God's breaking me. And see what happens after a test. When you sit the exam and you have a test, what happens if you pass the test? You go to a higher level. Come on, you graduate to a new level. You go to something new. But the teacher has to be silent in the test because you should have learned everything before the test. Come on, God's saying you know what to do. Come on, you know what to do. You know to fight. You know that I'm faithful. See, you just have to settle in your heart that God is faithful and he will come through. You've got to not go by. See, what happens if we go too by our naturals? Well, it's been tough. It's been hard. It's been another tough one. There's been another tough thing. No, no, my God is faithful. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. He will come through. He is faithful. My marriage will get better. My finances will get better. This life Loneliness I'm feeling will get better. My health will get better. Come on, the opportunities will come. That's what 2016 is. But 2015 has been a time of testing. Come on, it's been a hard time. If you haven't felt you've got the breakthrough, then keep going. Keep hanging on to 2016. It's going to be outstanding. Come on, it's going to be astounding. Come on, God, you're going to give me the victory in the areas that I need. And remember, it's in Exodus, that God has heard your cry. He has heard your cry. Now, Father, we come before you today. Lord, as we're ending 2015, Lord, some of us might already be at that place where we feel we've already got the victories. But Lord, for those of us who can't see it yet. I pray for your strength. 
I pray for your anointing. Lord, I pray that they keep hanging on, that they keep going because your promises are yes. Lord, you said, you've heard our cries. You've heard, you've seen our burdens. You've seen it. Come on, God's seen your cry. He's heard your cries. He's seen your burdens. But he promises you that with an outstretched arm, come on, with the, and the outstretched arm is the hand of God. He promises you that the hand of God will come in your situation. Come on, that it will come in your situation. Now, Father, I thank you. Lord, let them see that. Let them see. Lord, let them resolve in their hearts today that no matter what, we're not giving up. We're going to hang on until, until, because your promises are yes and amen. You promised us. Lord, I thank you. I'm believing with everything in me that 2016 will be outstanding. It will be outstanding for me, for my household, for all that I do, Father God. Lord, I'm not looking at the natural. I'm not looking at how I've ended or what's happened. I'm thanking you that 2016, come on, you've got to grab it. You've got to own it with faith inside you. You've got to begin to get a hold of that and say, Lord, it's going to be an outstanding year. Lord, we thank you, Father. No more lack of opportunities. No more lack of good health. No more lack of loneliness. Father, I thank you right now. Father, it's a year of breakthrough. Father, it's a year of jubilee. A year of jubilee, Father. Jubilation. Come on. Jubilation. Father, we're expectant. Thank you, Jesus. Now receive it. Let the peace of God rule in your situation. Come on, if you've been struggling, just allow that peace of God to settle in you and upon you this morning. 